your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 423 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today we're going to be doing something a little bit different here. It's an idea that I've had for a while. We're going to basically put together a ultimate roster from 1994 to current day of Ranger players who spent only one or two seasons with the team. This is an idea I've had for a long time, and given the fact that it's kind of an evergreen episode and I'm going to be on vacation for the week, I thought that this was as good a time as any to put this episode together and once again just come out with a a complete roster of Ranger players who were only on the team for one or two seasons. Guys that kind of left you wanting more and just some personal favorites of mine. Uh, First, we got to set some ground rules before I dive into... uh, who made this roster, who made the final cut here, so to speak. First of all, we're all going to be going back to 1994, and I do apologize to any old-school Ranger fans that we might have listened to this, but 1994 is right when I started watching the team. Obviously, that was a great time to just kind of jump in and be a Ranger fan for pretty obvious reasons. But, you know, if there's anyone listening to this who wants to throw out a name from pre-1994, I can at least talk about that player at a later date in a future episode. But for right now, yeah, just 1994 to current date. It would just be very, very difficult for me to kind of rank players that I never once saw play, guys that were on the Rangers long before I was ever born. And I would only really be able to go by stats and, you know, maybe a couple of video clips on the YouTube. But uh, that's about it. I mean, that's that's about the only thing I would have to go by. So we're going to limit it to just 1994 to current day, like I said. Another rule is that anybody who is currently on the Rangers is automatically ineligible. So no Adam Fox, no Alexi Lafreniere, no Ke'Andre Miller, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be a list of players who have come and gone only. So anybody that's currently on the team is ineligible for this list. There's a chance I might end up slightly bending that rule at some point, but you guys will see what I mean when I get there. Uh, Like I said, I will explain it when we get to that point. Uh, And finally, we are generally talking about the version of the player that the Rangers had, and we're going to largely ignore what they did in the rest of their NHL career. We will at least take into consideration some of the things that they did. You know, if we got like a Hall of Fame player that put together most of his Hall of Fame credentials on a different team and then played for the Rangers for one or two seasons randomly, that player will we'll at least take what he did Uh, along his other stops into some consideration. But for the most part, we are looking at what this guy, what this player did while he was with the New York Rangers for either one year or two years. And finally, one last rule here, team success will also be given uh, quite a bit of consideration. If the Rangers made one or two really deep playoff runs, they won a bunch of games while any particular player was on the team, then that will only hurt excuse me, that will only help that player's cause of uh, making the current roster, whether that player had a big role or a small role on those Ranger teams. If the Rangers were successful that season, whatever season we're talking about, then that can only help their chances. And we're going to go ahead and start here with the goalies. We will cover goalies and defensemen today. We'll kind of work our way from the back up to the front. This is going to be a two-parter. There's no way I can do 20 players in just one episode, but we will start with the goalies today and, uh, like I said, move on to the defensemen. In general, you know, as I was thinking about doing this episode and, you know, who's going to be on this list, you know, a couple of names naturally kind of pop into your head. And two of the goalies 
that popped into my head were, were very, very obvious to me. And when I looked at the list of Ranger goalies that have been on the team since 1994, and then, of course, you have to narrow it down to people that were only here for one or two seasons, nothing really changed. There were two very obvious choices for me to make when it came to the two Ranger goalies that would make this list. And it was the easiest part of the entire roster to put together. And so... Without any further ado, your starting goalie for the ultimate team of one and two-year New York Rangers is going to be Cam Talbot. Talbot went undrafted, but the Rangers picked him up as a free agent in 2010, played a couple of games in the ECHL, also spent some time with the Hartford Whale slash Hartford Wolfpack. Then he finally got his chance, and Talbot, man, you know, he had a heck of a, uh, of a run with the New York Rangers back in 2013-2014, as well as 2014-2015 as a rookie and second-year player in the NHL during his time with the Rangers, Put up a record of 33, 15, and 5. Had a goals against average of 2 right on the dot. A save percentage of 931 and 8 shutouts. So I think sometimes people forget what a great goalie Cam Talbot really was for the New York Rangers in the two seasons that he was here. Brief though it may have been, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, the best backup that I think Henrik Lundqvist ever had throughout his Ranger tenure. And in 2014-2015, once again, his second of two seasons with the Rangers, Talbot stepped in as the starting goalie when Lundqvist had to miss some time with an injury, and he really never missed a beat. I mean, he really picked up the slack. I mean, you're replacing a guy who is basically already well on track to become a Hall of Famer in Henrik Lundqvist, and he went out there and got the job done and absolutely excelled. He got those Talbot chants, you know, from the Ranger crowd that are usually re reserved for uh, Henrik Lundqvist. You know, you get the Henrik chants. It's funny because there's a lot of Ranger goalies over the years. Now you've got Igor, you know, they, they'll chant Igor. I believe I've heard at least a couple of Georgie chants whenever Georgiev is having a nice game, but it seems like whoever the Ranger goalie is, they'll, uh, they'll get that two-syllable chant from the crowd. But anyway, like I was just saying, best backup goalie in the league while Cam Talbot was on the New York Rangers. Bar none, hands down, the absolute best. And... You know, I'm really happy that in the years that have followed ever since he's left the Rangers, you know, Talbot's bounced around a little bit, but he's basically been the starting goalie everywhere he's gone ever since starting his career as a backup for two seasons to Henrik Lundqvist. And what he did during his time with the Rangers, you know, subbing in and out of the lineup is he made sure the NHL took notice and made sure that he was going to be a starting goalie on a team other than the Rangers at a certain point in his career. And that's basically been the case ever since he left the Rangers. He spent four years with the Oilers immediately after leaving the Rangers. He spent all of four games with the Flyers. That was weird. The Flyers traded for him and didn't really seem to have any plans for him, but whatever. He uh, spent a season with the Calgary Flames and then spent this past season with the Minnesota Wild. And to me, Talbot, you know, even at the age of 34, still one of the more underrated and underappreciated goalies in hockey. He's got a career goals against average of 261 and a career save percentage of 915. And when he's healthy, he's a darn good goalie. And for me, you know, he just narrowly edged out our other goalie that's going to make this list as the backup to Cam Talbot. And that is going to be Antti Ranta. Like I was just saying, I think including both of these guys is pretty much a no-brainer as the two best one or two-year New York Ranger goalies from 1994 to current day. And Ranta was also undrafted, so him and Talbot have that in common. Ranta made it to the NHL in 2013-2014 with the Chicago Blackhawks. He spent two seasons in Chicago, and then the Rangers acquired him in a trade that sent Ryan Haggerty to the Blackhawks. And, you know, I was kind of torn a little bit between who should be the starter and who should be the backup between Talbot and Ranta, but I do remember Talbot, like we just mentioned a second ago, having more of an extended period as the New York Rangers starting goalie. And again, as we already mentioned, Lundqvist 
missed some games due to an injury during one of the seasons that Talbot was here. Talbot stepped in, really got the job done. So the Ranger version of Talbot got more experience as a starting goalie than the Ranger version of anti-Ronta. But that's not to say that Ronta never had a run as a starter for the Rangers because he actually did. There was a very brief time that Ronta got to play because Lundqvist was sitting out with a fairly minor injury, but Ronta was absolutely incredible during that time. I mean, he went out there and just stood on his head in a night-in, night-out basis, so much so that the Rangers kind of sort of benched Henrik Lundqvist. It was very short-term, and, you know, Lundqvist got healthy, but Ronta was playing so well and just making so many ridiculous saves and being the best player on the ice for so many Ranger wins that I don't think there's a single hockey coach on this planet that would have even considered pulling Ronta out of the starting lineup. I mean, you know, you're not going to go with a hot hand approach when you've got prime Henrik Lundqvist very often, but the Rangers had no choice here. Ronta was that good during that stretch. And Lundqvist, you know, to his credit, he fully understood. He was asked about it, and he basically said in an interview, listen, I mean, if I was the coach, I'd play that guy right now too. So, you know, Lundqvist was very understanding, and it was always going to be short-term. Obviously, Ronta was going to eventually cool down, and he eventually did, and Lundqvist took back over. But that was cool to see Ronta just kind of catch fire out of nowhere, uh, a pretty unheralded goalie, and he goes out there and for a stretch was, was playing like the best goalie in hockey. Again, it wasn't going to last forever, but it was a lot of fun while it did last. And, I mean, hey, if you can play at a high enough level where you can even temporarily unseat prime Henrik Lundqvist, then clearly you're doing something right. But, you know, for his career with the Rangers, 55 games for Ranta. He went 27-14-4 with a 226 goals against average, a 921 save percentage, and four shutouts. So Talbot had Ranta slightly beat across the board, but... You know, going with Talbot and Ranta as the two goalies for this roster was kind of a no-brainer. As I was putting it together, this was the easiest part of the roster to construct. And if this was a real team and you had Talbot and Ranta on the same team, then maybe you go with a little bit of a hot-hand approach with those two players. Uh, to just toss out a couple of honorable mentions real quick here, though, uh, I thought maybe Kevin Weeks, you know, he scuffled in his two seasons with the Rangers, had a 308 goals against average and just an 890 save percentage in 46 games, but I thought he had a really nice relationship with Henrik Lundqvist. I thought he kind of embraced the mentor role there, and it's not like he threw a fit when Henrik Lundqvist replaced him as the starting goalie during Lundqvist's rookie season. Uh, another name that I came up with was Mike Dunham. He actually had better stats with the Rangers than I remember, and also played more games with the Rangers than I remember. He was here for two seasons, appeared in 100 games, and had a 270 goals against average. So those are your two honorable mentions, but in just a second, we're going to move to the Blue Liners. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
All right, so we'll go ahead and continue building this roster by taking a look at the defenseman. And let me just preface this whole thing by saying that with the defenseman, it wasn't easy. I mean, it's kind of slim pickings, and I do get the feeling that once we're done with this ultimate roster of just one- and two-year Ranger players, I think there's a pretty decent chance that we're going to look at the defenseman as kind of the weakness of the team. But with all that said, I don't want to slight these guys. I think we came up with a couple of uh, pretty solid two good defensemen that the Rangers can use on this uh, fantasy team here that we're putting together. And uh, we're going to start, we'll go right through the pairings. We'll, we'll have the top pairing, the second pairing, and the third pairing. And for the first pairing, I'm going to kick things off with, on the left side, Keith Yandel. Now, Yandel spent nine seasons with the Coyotes before being dealt to the New York Rangers, and he had established himself as one of the better offensive defensemen in the game quite a while before he ever came to the New York Rangers. He was just piling up points every season on really some not-so-great Coyotes teams. He was already a two-time All-Star when he came to the Rangers, and the Rangers brought him into town in March of 2015 to kind of add to a team that they fancied as cup contenders. They had been to the Stanley Cup Finals the year before this one, and they were looking like they were going to gear up for another run, which they did. I mean, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2015. Didn't get back to the finals, obviously. But it was a great pickup because the Rangers already had a really good blue line, and bringing in somebody like Yandel just made it even better. And Yandel gave the Rangers a true bonafide point man on the power play. And as good as the Ranger defensemen were during that era, kind of the AV era or whatever you want to call it there, when they were always making deep playoff runs, you know, three out of four seasons there, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals or further. Uh, and the Rangers had some great defensemen during that time. And we could talk about Dan Girardi, Ryan McDonough, Anton Strawman, Mark Stahl. But I never really felt like any of them were prototypical top power play unit defensemen. I mean, certainly McDonough and Stahl could handle the job. They could go out there and at least know what they were doing. But with Yandel, I mean, you're picking up an absolute assist machine. And so when the Rangers made the move, I was all for it. I, I thought it was a great pickup overall. And as far as the stats that he ended up putting up with the Rangers... He skated in 103 regular season games with the New York Rangers over the season and a half that he was in New York. He scored seven goals in that time, dished out 51 assists. So you're looking at 58 points and 103 games from a defenseman. And he also performed in the playoffs as well. 24 Stanley Cup playoff games with the New York Rangers for Keith Yandel. Scored three goals and notched nine assists. And there was always kind of this narrative with Keith Yandel. There was some truth to it, but I, I always thought it was a little bit overstated that he was this massive defensive liability for the Rangers. Look, there were defensemen on the Rangers at the time. There have been defensemen before Yandel's time on the Rangers and defensemen on the Rangers since Yandel's time with the team that were better defensively than he was. But I never looked at it as like he was this just catastrophe waiting to happen every single time he went onto the ice. And some Ranger fans acted like that was indeed the case. I never really thought it was that bad. I, I thought he was just kind of average back there. And when you're going to put up uh, offensive numbers as a defenseman, if you can at least just be average in your own zone, then I, I think that's okay, especially when you look at how the rest of the Ranger roster was constructed at that time. You get guys like Girardi and McDonough and Stahl. We already talked about them, Strawman. Uh, but these guys were, were solid as a rock in their own zone. And so to have a guy that's a little bit of an offense-first defenseman on your team, I think that's okay. And like I said, I think Keith Yandel did a nice job coming in and taking over the top power play unit. And it, a play that he made during that run that... I mean, people know about the Derek Stepan overtime goal against the Capitals in Game 7. That highlight gets replayed on NHL Network and everywhere else ad nauseum, 
and I never get tired of seeing it. But Yandel got the secondary assist on that play. The Rangers won an offensive zone draw. Yandel immediately and decisively dishes back to Girardi. Girardi shoots. The save is made. Stepan buries the rebound. So Yandel had a hand in the Rangers scoring that goal in overtime there against the Capitals and sending them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And on top of all that, I always thought Yandel was a really good teammate. Just watching him kind of interact with some of the other players on the Rangers seemed like he was always very supportive, uh, very encouraging of his teammates. And then you know, since he's been on the Rangers, five seasons with the Panthers, mixed results. Uh, he did make an all-star team as recently as 2019. His defensive game has kind of tailed off a little bit in the seasons that have followed. But even last year, you know, which was considered a down year for Yandel, 27 points in 56 games. That's not so bad for a defenseman. Unfortunately, he's now on the Flyers. So hopefully, I mean, look, I, I like Yandel and I wish all the best for him. Maybe just not when uh, the Flyers are playing the Rangers next season. And as far as who we're going to put with Yandel up there on the top defense pairing, we're going to go with Doug Lidster on the right side. Now with Lidster, I'm cheating a little bit here, but not really. And I'll explain what I mean in just a second here. So Lidster played the first 10 seasons of his career with the Vancouver Canucks. He then came to the Rangers for one season in 1993-1994. The following season, he went to the St. Louis Blues, and then he came back to the Rangers for three seasons and then played one final season with the Dallas Stars in 1998-1999 before calling it a career. So when you look at it on the surface, I'm cheating because Lidster played four total seasons with the Rangers, but at the same time, they're two separate stints, so we're going to go with the version of Doug Lidster that was here in 1993-1994. I mean, I made up these rules anyway, so I think I'm allowed to break them at least a little bit, but... um. Yeah, I mean, with Lidster, I mean, look, he was not a standout member of that Stanley Cup team in 1994, but I think he's somebody who kind of stepped up and was there for the Rangers. He was part of that self-proclaimed Black Aces group, the guys that were a lot of the times in Mike Keenan's doghouse. They were often healthy scratches and just didn't necessarily play the biggest role on that Rangers Stanley Cup team. However, like I just mentioned a second ago, Lidster was there when the Rangers needed him. He was a steady veteran. He was 33 years old at this time, and along with Kevin Lowe, definitely one of the elder statesmen on the blue line. You can maybe throw Jeff Bukaboom in there too. But Lidster, you know, he only played 34 regular season games that year for the Rangers, but then he got some action in the Stanley Cup playoffs and became an important player for the stretch run and obviously contributed to the Rangers ultimately lifting that Stanley Cup. It's not like he was out there for every playoff game, but he played in the final nine playoff games after not playing at all for the entire postseason run up to that point. And so he got in there just as everything was getting good. His first game for the Rangers in the playoffs that year was the Marc Messier guarantee. And then he was out there for Matteau, 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 and obviously played in overtime in the double overtime for that whole wild game seven against the New Jersey Devils. And then all seven games of the Stanley Cup Finals, Doug Lidster was out there and he was active and he scored two goals in the playoffs in these nine games after not scoring at all in his 34 regular season games. And one of those goals was huge. He opened the scoring in game two after the Rangers had lost game one. The Rangers went on to win game two in Madison Square Garden against the Canucks by a final score of three to one. And it was closer than that score indicates because there was an empty netter that the Rangers scored with about a second left on the clock. So yeah, you know, give me Lidster. He went into the playoffs ice cold that year and obviously stepped onto the ice in a dire situation for the Rangers with them down three games to two and facing elimination against the New Jersey Devils. And he was out there the rest of the way and helped the Rangers win the Stanley Cup and break the 54-year jinx. So 
his case has really helped quite a bit by the success of the team. And the Rangers obviously won the Stanley Cup that season. And Lidster, even though he wasn't in the lineup every night, definitely played his part and uh, had a, a solid role down the stretch those final nine games for the New York Rangers in the playoffs there. So there's your top defense pairing, Keith Yandel and Doug Lidster. And we will get into the rest of the pairings in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, on to the second defense pairing. And on the left side, we're going to go with Sandys Ozelinch. Now, he is the rare example of someone on this list who is going to get onto this roster more for what he did with other teams than what he did for the Rangers. And as we go through the entire roster, what's going to be weighted the heaviest is what the player did for the New York Rangers. But like I said in the intro, we will also take into account what the player accomplished uh, throughout the other stops of his NHL career. And just like current day, I want to get at least a couple, one or two or maybe three Stanley Cup champions on this roster, on this list. And Ozilinch qualifies after winning the Stanley Cup in 1996 with the Colorado Avalanche. He was a seven-time All-Star and a Norris Trophy finalist. It should be noted that all of this happened before he came to the Rangers. To kind of just take it from the top, he was the 30th overall pick by the Sharks back in 1991. Never actually played with them. He did play for the Avalanche, Canes, and Ducks before coming to the New York Rangers. And again, as I've kind of alluded to here, he was not the same player when he came to New York in 2005, 2006, and 2006, and 2007, as he was in other stops of his career. And in fact, he only played a total of 38 games during his two seasons here. But one thing that's cool about Ozilinch is he was part of that Ranger team that broke an eight-year playoff drought. And I was just dying for that playoff drought to be over. I mean, that's a long time, especially in the NHL, where there's so much turnover and teams can kind of rebuild rapidly. To go eight years without making the playoffs, that's really rough. But Ozilinch was on that team that finally broke the scoring drought. It was kind of a weird team for the Rangers that year. It was just a bunch of like castaways. And, you know, we had Jason Strudwick on the show a while back. 
and he kind of talked about that as well. It was a bunch of castaways and rejects, but they kind of bonded together uh, by having that label, and Oza Lynch at least contributed a little bit to that team getting the Rangers back into the playoffs. Uh, his second season with the Rangers didn't go so well. He was actually placed on waivers in the middle of that season. He cleared waivers. He was assigned to the Hartford Wolfpack, and then he was placed on IR due to a knee injury, eventually wrapped up his career with one final season in San Jose. And again, just kind of a weird era of Ranger hockey, but I do have a little bit of a soft spot for that team, uh, the team that Oza Lynch was on when he first joined the Rangers, and they, of course, all collectively helped the Rangers break their playoff drought. And like I said, one of the few players on this roster that we're putting together here that is making it based on what he did elsewhere rather than what he did with the Rangers. Because if you look at his career, 875 career NHL games, 167 goals, and 397 assists for a total of 564 points in 875 games for a defenseman. He was also a big-time playoff performer, 137 games, 23 goals, and 67 assists. So 90 points in 137 career Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, but even though he wasn't that great for the Rangers, I still like the idea of having a veteran and a highly decorated defenseman on the squad and somebody that can kind of lead the way for some of the young guys that we're putting uh, on this roster here. So didn't really work out in New York for Sandy's Ozilinch, but somebody who's going to make the team based on what he did elsewhere. As for Ozilinch's partner on the second line here, we're going to put Neil Pionk on the right side. Now, hang on. I know Pionk had his naysayers. I know there are going to be people who say, well, you know, Pionk was a defensive liability. Yes, but he's also someone who showed a lot of promise early in his NHL career. First of all, Neil Pionk was undrafted. So if you're the Rangers or anyone else, you'll definitely take this type of production out of a player whose name was not even called on draft day. And in his rookie season as a 22-year-old in the NHL with the Rangers, Pionk had one goal and 13 assists in 28 games. So you're getting a half a point per game from a rookie undrafted defenseman. That's not too shabby. And remember, for this roster, uh, we're taking the version of the player that was on the Rangers for the most part. We are looking a little bit at what he's done elsewhere, but for the most part, it's the version of the player that the individual was while he was on the Rangers. So what we have here is a 22-year-old and a 23-year-old, those were his ages during his only two seasons with the Rangers, who is flashing offensive ability and is very young. And in real life, you know, to this day, he's still just 26 years old. So Neil Pionk's book has yet to be written, and he's going to make this team by a fairly comfortable margin. Now, granted, part of that is that I do think that defenseman is going to end up being the weakness of this team that we're putting together here. Uh, it is a team of just one- and two-year Ranger players, and so uh, because of that, he gets in. And again, you know, he definitely had his detractors among Ranger fans. He was very streaky. Uh, he struggled a little bit running point on the power play. But you know what? I'll live with that because in this fantasy world, this alternate universe of one, two-year Ranger players, he was very young, very exciting, and clearly already establishing that he was going to be a career overachiever when you look at the simple fact that he went undrafted. And you look at the two seasons that he had with the Rangers, clearly this is somebody who's performing a lot better than an undrafted player. And I don't know if this should count for this list or not. This should be part of the criteria or not. But Neil Pionk, he was dealt to the Winnipeg Jets along with a first-rounder. He got us Jacob Truba. And if you're the Rangers and you can take an undrafted player that spent all of two seasons with your team, one of which was split between the NHL and the AHL, and you can, once again, package that with a first-round draft pick and parlay it into acquiring one of the more established defensemen in the league in Jacob Truba. 
okay, that works. You know, Neil Pionk, I think, kind of served his purpose while he was here. And somebody that still, you know, is a pretty productive player for the Winnipeg Jets. I know he can be a little bit streaky, a little bit up and down, but I think he makes this list and I'm sticking him out there on the second defense pairing. On to the third pairing, we are going to go on the left side with Kim Janssen, and something that I did not know about Kim Janssen was that he was actually Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, The Rangers drafted him, and for anybody that's not aware of what that term might mean, that is the nickname that's given to the final player taken in any draft of any sport, and Kim Janssen was that man. Uh, The Rangers drafted him all the way back in 1994. Janssen was taken in the 10th round of the draft and was the 286th and final player selected, and so fair game to say that Kim Janssen beat his career prospects. He made his debut with the Rangers back in 1999-2000. He also played with the Rangers during the following season and spent 151 games as a New York Ranger. Of course, the first 151 games of his NHL career. He scored 11 goals, dished out 36 assists, so 47 points in 151 games with the Rangers. Not too shabby for somebody taking number 286 overall, and uh, you know, given the fact that he was also a defenseman and was a rookie and a second-year player during his time with the Rangers. Unfortunately, he was part of the package that was sent to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for Eric Lindros. And, you know, Lindros was with the Rangers for three years. He had that one kind of beastly season, the first season with the Rangers. But, I mean, you feel for Eric Lindros because the guy just had so many concussions. And, uh, you know, at this point in his career, I think he was always kind of on borrowed time and declined fairly rapidly, but understandably so. Um, The package that Philly got wasn't that overwhelming. I think Janssen was probably the best player that was involved in that trade for Eric Lindros. But, you know, again, we're getting the version of the player that the Rangers had in real life. So if we were to put Kim Janssen onto this roster, which is what we're doing on the third pairing here, uh, what we're getting is a very young defenseman with some upside and somebody that, you know, two years into his NHL career has already vastly overachieved given where he was taken in the NHL draft. So he makes a team for that very simple reason alone. And then the sixth and final defenseman that we're going to put on this Ranger team of, again, just one and two-year New York Rangers, We're going to go on the right side with Nick Holden. Now, again, hang on. He mostly played on the right side, but, you know, with the Rangers, he played on the left side a little bit. For the purposes of this exercise, we're going to put him on the right side uh, along with Kim Janssen there. Nick Holden had his detractors as well while he was here. He's only with the Rangers for a season and a half. But the Rangers got him for just a fourth-round pick from the Colorado Avalanche, so it's not like they played a premium to get him. Uh, He's somebody that I think this team always kind of saw as kind of a stopgap option. He was on the Rangers the last season that they made the playoffs before the rebuild, and and of course not counting the crazy 2014 playoff tournament that we got a couple seasons ago here. But, you know, he was a steady contributor. I don't think there was anything particularly flashy or really all that exciting about his game, but somebody that I thought was always just steady. You know, not a spectacular defenseman, somebody that kind of seemed like he knew what he was doing back there. Uh, His only full season with the Rangers, he skated in 80 games, scored a career-high 11 goals, also had a career-high 23 assists for, obviously, a career-high 34 points, also skated in an extra 11 games with the Rangers, scored two goals and dished out two assists in that time. But 135 regular season games, four holding on the Rangers, and he was part of the mass exodus of players when the Rangers went into full-fledged teardown rebuild mode. Of course, he wasn't as high profile as some of the other Rangers that were traded at that time, you know, Ryan McDonough, JT Miller, Nash, Hayes, etc., etc. But they sent him to Boston as a rental, and then Holden signed on with the Vegas Golden Knights after that. Pretty steady contributor for the Knights over these past three seasons. Um... And, you know, as far as his time on the Rangers, a little inconsistent, but for the most part, I thought he was a decent defenseman for the Rangers, if somewhat unspectacular. And 
this past offseason, traded from the Knights to the Ottawa Senators as something of a salary dump. So we'll see how it goes for him there. But, you know, again, this was kind of a tough list to put together when it comes to the defenseman. To me, it was kind of slim pickings. And you had to kind of dive deep into these recent chapters of New York Ranger history to come up with the six defensemen for this team. I mean, there's some solid players on here. Don't get me wrong. But I think the goalies are going to be a strength of this team. And I think the forwards will be as well. We will cover the forwards in due time. But just a couple of quick honorable mention defense on here before we wrap up for the day. And I got three in one here. These are guys that had solid careers elsewhere and it just didn't work out with the New York Rangers for the most part. They are Kevin Shattenkirk. Jack Johnson and Dan Boyle, obviously all of their best playing days. And of course, Shattenkirk is still playing, but all of their best games and and better stops of their career came elsewhere other than the New York Rangers. So I'm going to throw them all out there. And if you really want to dive deep, I've got Matt Gilroy and Matt Hunwick written down as well. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.